Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Depending on how long you've been listening to the program, you might recognize my guest today. So welcome back to the program, Tyler Lassard. He is the Chief Marketing Officer at Vidyard, who is a partner of Demand Gen, but we are also a client of Vidyard. And we're going to talk about video today and some marketing techniques and methods that Tyler uses to drive growth in his organization. Tyler, how are you? Uh, great. Thank you very much, David. Nice to uh, be on the show again and to talk about this rapidly evolving world of video. Thanks for having me. Well, welcome back. Uh, very topical. Not planned, but very topical uh, to our session today. Last night, I spent uh, a couple hours on the couch with my daughter and her fiancé, and we watched the movie Unsane. And don't know if uh, anyone listening has seen it. I do recommend it. I enjoyed it. It stars Claire Voy. Uh, if you know who Claire is, if you watch The Crown, same actress, incredibly talented. Well, why Unsane? Why is that relevant to today's podcast? Because, Tyler, something you and I talk a lot about when we talk about video, and certainly something that Vidyard talks about, is don't get hung up on the gear. And Unsane was shot by Steve Soderbergh's team entirely on an iPhone 7 Plus, the entire movie. Uh, it's not the first time a full-length movie has ever been shot on an iPhone, from what I understand. Definitely the first time uh, he has done it. And again, it's a good movie. It shows the power and importance of, of the story. So what do you think about that? I mean, what's your perspective on, you know, you're holding, uh, you know, a, a feature film, filmmaking device in your hand, and yet marketers haven't quite embraced video uh, as fast as, as we've expected, but certainly more and more all the time. Well, I think you're exactly right that it's it's timely and topical for for what all of us in in marketing and B two B marketing specifically need to be thinking about. Um, you know, it's it's absolutely right that we all have 1080p recording devices in our pockets, and yet we we still come up with as many excuses as we can as to why we're not creating and using visual content and video content more actively in our different programs. Um, but I think the one thing that is really exciting about you know why now, like why why do I believe video is such an important piece of of the mix today. Um, and, and it ties back into this idea of, you know, not only is it, you know, easier to create than ever, and, you know, we all have great recording devices at our disposal, um, but people are also getting more tuned to authentic and genuine content. And I actually think in a lot of cases for a lot of the content we need to produce as B2B marketers, there is actually greater value in things that are seen as being more authentic and more genuine and frankly, lower quality from a production standpoint. Um, so I think there's still that great play for like top of funnel broad um, videos that are highly produced that tell a great story. But you know, as we move down through the buyer's journey, such a big opportunity for using authentic, genuine video um, that delivers real value, but also shows transparency and the humanity of your brand and your people and, and delivers a very genuine message with great value behind it. And I think that's what it's all about right now. For sure. I'll give a, a work um, story in a second, but I want to uh, keep it personal again. Um, by the way, for everybody listening to the podcast, we got some really big news for you that that Tyler told me right before we hit the record button. So we're going to save that for the very end. I'm super excited about it. Um, but I want to tell you about my summer. And I went to Europe with the family. 
And when I traveled uh, on this vacation, as you know, I love video. I love shooting video, but even more, I love editing video. Uh, And I brought my drone. I brought my handheld uh, gimbal uh, stabilizing camera. And I brought my Canon D80, which is my, you know, video camera that I use for recording. And so when I travel on vacation with the family, you know, they're all used to it. Um... I'll do a little drone shot. So we were in London and I shot Tower Bridge and I shot over some of the buildings and I shot uh, Hyde Park. And then, you know, we go around the city. It was, uh, we did a tour on the red bus, you know, the uh, the hop on, hop off bus. So day one, we were gone for 12 days. We did a cruise. Uh, I've already produced day one and put that on on Facebook for friends and family to share. And it's a very quality production. However, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've got about, I don't know, $1,500 worth of gear that I bring with me and throw in my backpack. You know, the drone's a big part of that. But I do all of it with Final Cut, which I think is $200. Mm-hmm. And then all the music and all the special effects and anything that I, you know, the transition scenes that I do, very, very inexpensive. And if you see this video, you know, it's it's certainly a very quality production, but it, it's just little old me. I mean, I don't have any skills and training. What's interesting about that? Tyler is I do that as my hobby. You know, it's fun to go back years and see the family vacations. Right. However, I've done it for work. Uh, I remember and I'm gonna I'm gonna reproduce this and put it online. It is on our site right now, but I was up at Concur and this was about six, seven years ago. Remember the flip video camera? I do. Kind of Steve Soderbergh, but it was David Lewis. I only brought a flip video camera with me for a consulting engagement we are doing. And I interviewed, I had a little tripod for it, and I interviewed people uh, at Concur, and I recorded parts of the workshop that we did and parts of the training session that we did. We were doing their whole lead management initiative. And we took that content, and I edited it back then in in iMovie and produced a 10-minute, call it a documentary, but it was a behind-the-scenes look at the work that we did at, at Concur, a very, very powerful video. And iMovie and a $200 flip video camera. So again, the big big message I want to get across to marketers, and, and certainly Tyler will share some of, of how he's incorporating video and marketing, is it doesn't cost a lot of gear. You can do it right now, and it is an absolutely wonderful uh, format for communicating and engaging prospects and customers. And on that note, I wanted to let you know that I got a video Friday from Emma. She's on the marketing team at Maxold. She was in my Power of Storytelling workshop that I did with PFL up in Montana. And she was so inspired by that uh, keynote that I gave that uh, within two weeks, she had sent, produced, you know, filmed and produced a video uh, for Maxold that is up on their website. And I'll make sure I put it up on LinkedIn for people to see. What I love about it, Tyler, is it is a phenomenal storytelling video uh, of one of their customers and one of their future customers uh, around their service. And what it is, is if you don't know Maxold, they provide a service to people who want to sell their estate, you know, all the stuff in their home, uh, stuff that has meaning to them. And so that's, that's, that's what they provide. So what they shot was, you'd love it, Tyler, is uh, they interviewed this family who was selling their estate 
and he was telling the story, the father was telling the story about how they had all of their uh, family dinners at this dining table and what that dining table meant to him and, you know, the experiences with the family. And then, you know, it was cut to the buyer, the person that was buying uh, the estate and those items and, and talking about how that now when these items come into their home, they understand the history and meaning. So it's much like if you went to like a museum or you went to, you know, any any type of place that you're walking through and you're hearing the history of the items in the environment, they did such a great job capturing that story uh, of the buyer and the seller and um, way better way than just describing what Maxwell does, right? A slice of life video like that. And, you know, she uh, recorded and produced it in within two weeks of the workshop. So great example, of not hard to do. I'm sure you've seen a lot. Uh, let's talk about your personal one. So uh, for those of you who didn't catch, Tyler, incredibly talented marketer, maybe not world's best karaoke singer. Uh, and, and he played into that. He uh, submitted a video for this year's Marketo Conference uh, for the Fearless 50 competition. And uh, you sang a song and made a video about it. Really put yourself out there, allowed yourself to get really vulnerable and ended up being one of the winners. Um, tell me about that experience and you know why you did it and what it was like, you know, just really putting yourself out there. Well, it was uh, a really fun uh, and and yes, a little bit a little bit daring, a little bit nervous uh, to to do something like that. But you know wh- what it came down to was you know Marketo had this competition for the Fearless Fifty marketers where they were asking marketers to submit uh, a post on uh, on on social um, explaining why they uh, should be considered one of the most you know fearless marketers out there. And they asked to do it in video format, and they said you know please submit a, a sixty second video explaining why you should be one of the fearless 50. And uh, I was, you know, really invigorated by this. I thought, you know what, myself and my team, you know, we're really passionate about, uh, you know, breaking new ground and do, trying new things. And, and I think, you know, I think we deserve to be recognized for that. And so I started watching a lot of the submissions that were already coming in and a lot of great stories. Um, but they, none of them really stood out to me because they were all pretty consistent format of people turning on the camera, you know, talking to the camera and, and telling their story. Um, and, you know, each of them, again, great content, but I didn't feel like they were really capturing the potential of what video can do to, to really make people, you know, sort of emotionally drawn into the story and maybe even make them, you know, laugh or, or something like that. So um, I can't remember where the inspiration came from, but I thought, you know, what if I did a little parody music video about myself and as a Fearless 50 uh, marketer and and used visuals in, the, in you know, throughout it and, and music to showcase some of the work that I've done. And, uh, and, and so I ended up thinking about, you know, how could I bring this to life? And I decided I would do, you know, original lyrics over the song Whatever It Takes by Imagine Dragons. Uh, my kids happen to be big Imagine Dragons fans, so the song was top of mind. And I thought, well, whatever it takes, right, what better way to explain, you know, why I'm fearless. And so, you know, I wrote some, you know, really fun, just one verse to to that song. And uh, I, I primarily used little B-roll footage from some of our different campaigns to accompany the vocals uh, to the song. And as you said, I am not a singer at all. And so it was, uh, you know, quite, quite uh, putting myself out there doing it. But what came in the end, uh, as I just sort of hacked at it, and this was while I was traveling, actually. I was on a plane. I was doing some video editing in iMovie uh, free. It came on my laptop. Uh, I used my iPhone to record a little scene that I put at the beginning and the end. And uh, it was, you know, it was all done with, with zero dollars on my travel time in, during, between my flight and my hotel. 
And, uh, you know, what happened was I put it out there and, and, you know, the way I did it, I thought it would make people laugh. And, and, and sure enough, it did. And people started sharing it all around saying, wow, you know, what a great example. And it was kind of like the medium was the message. Like I was fearless enough to put myself on camera and do something fun and interesting that stood out. Uh, and it caught their attention. And, uh, you know, as I explained a bit more about what I did, they, they uh, recognized me as one of those fearless 50 marketers. And it was really because of a creative video and how I approached it to try to tell a bigger story and, and create a more emotional connection with people. Uh, using that medium. Uh, so it's just like one small example of the kinds of things we're doing to just really stand out there and be a little bit more authentic, a little bit more human with our audience and and to not be afraid to try to make people laugh in this B2B world. Yeah. No, it's a great example. It was karaoke meets meets uh, with video. It was awesome. Congratulations again on, on winning. How do you guys, I mean, you're the chief marketing officer of Vidyard, so you can't use the shoemaker son, uh, you know, excuse. You guys have to be best in class and you have to really uh, push the limits of the technology and use it in different ways to know what works and what doesn't work. And so right. what have you found that you like consistently go to in terms of your marketing mix you know, where you're using video? Yeah, I think the big thing for, for us and, and our team that we found is video isn't, you know, a pillar unto itself in the marketing world. And there is no one, you know, single use case for, you know, where it's going to make or break the company. Um, the reality is video can become and should become an integrated part of all the different programs that we're doing, right? It's another way, a different way to tell a bigger, bolder story and to connect with people um, than the written word or through, you know, eBooks and infographics and so on. And so, you know, we've sort of bred into the culture of the team to always be thinking about and making conscious decisions, you know, where and how you're using video to either complement the existing programs you're developing um, or to, again, spearhead, you know, a new project, a new campaign um, and, and, and create some new ideas for how how we might take a message out to market. So, you know, we, in some examples, right, in our, of course, our content marketing programs, we use video content on our blog frequently, um, not necessarily to always replace the written word, but in many cases to complement it, right, and to, you know, have, um, you know, some of the content in video format where visuals help explain an idea where the written word may not do it justice, um, or we'll, you know, complement it with other video content that helps explain, you know, a topic we're discussing if somebody wants to go off and learn more about that specific topic. Um, we do what we call our chalk talk videos, uh, which are basically video blogs where, you know, I'll get up in front of a chalkboard and talk about a topic uh, in some level of depth, for example, you know, using video to drive better SEO, right? And we know if we can get in front of a chalkboard and draw some visuals and help people really understand it, it becomes more engaging and more memorable when they see that visual representation and having somebody like myself actually explain it, um, as opposed to, again, just reading the written word. Now, we still transcribe the audio, we publish the written content of it so it's searchable and those who want to skim the content can, but having that video complement offers those who are visual learners an opportunity to engage in that. And we consistently see the overall engagement and performance of those um, outpace just the written blogs um, because we see people diving into both. And so we'll still see a large percentage of people engaging in the written content, but also a percentage of them diving into the visual content or the video. Um, so there's simple things like that within our content programs, but we also think about them in our, our demand gen programs, right? As we're launching a campaign, perhaps it's even a complementary fashion. We're launching a new ebook. Yes, we still do ebooks, even though we do a lot of video, yeah. um, but ebooks have their place. But we don't just put the ebook out there and promote it with, you know, some some written content. We'll create a short little teaser video to help, you know, introduce the problem, to make it relatable 
to somebody, right? Like how can we almost put the recipient in the shoes of, you know, somebody in a story that presents the problem that we're trying to explain how we can solve in that ebook. And so we do a lot of that video content that makes it relatable, that really emphasizes the pain points they might be feeling. And in some cases we do funny little skits, right? They're risky. Sometimes they fall flat. Sometimes they work. Um, it's kind of like being in a, in a Saturday Night Live, uh, you know, writing studio sometimes where we're like, oh, what about this? Let's try this. And, you know, sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. But when they hit, man, they're so effective. And we see people responding, you know, like you'd never see them respond uh, to, you know, a traditional, you know, text-based content or campaign where they're actually, you know, emotionally moved. And you can tell and they're responding, this was great, loved it, you know, can't wait to, to learn more. Those kinds of things that actually invoke a charged emotional response. Um, you know, that's when you know you've got a real hit. So, so we think about that for a lot of the different campaigns we're doing. And it's not always, oh, this is a video-centric campaign, but how could video support the overall project or, um, you know, go-to-market strategy for, for that different uh, campaign. That's all, all good tips. I was thinking as you were running through some of the mix, do you use it, do you find more in upper funnel demand generation versus on the, on the customer side or, you know, equally? It's uh, it's becoming more and more equal. Traditionally, um, you know, we were just sort of generally a, a very top of funnel heavy uh, marketing organization for for a number of reasons. But over the last uh, eighteen months or so, we've really focused, you know, more and more on mid and and bottom of funnel. And uh, again, there's so many ways that you can use video content to support, you know, those areas. And and again, those are the areas where you've already established a relationship with prospective buyers. And it's not about the production quality; it's about the value of the content. And uh, and, and to me, I think about it as helping to build that relationship, you know, much like a great salesperson, uh, you know, takes time to understand their buyer, to, to talk about things in a certain way, to present themselves, to build a relationship. You know, I think that's that's a big role that us as marketers can play throughout that process as well. So we do think about, you know, how can video help us do that? And, and by building a relationship, I mean, doing things like you know, establishing and emoting our thought leadership. So again, we will do, you know, specific videos that help them understand certain topics um, or again, how we can solve certain problems. We will do videos to showcase how we differ from competitors, not just, you know, a PowerPoint slide, but actual showing it visually, right? Like we'll show you our two products head to head and how we do something that they don't or how we do something better. Um, so things like that, where it's really about, you know, show, don't tell, you know, prove it to me that I can trust you and that you're going to deliver on your promises. And and then, of course, there's things like customer stories and testimonials um, and, and, you know, there's all sorts of ways in which video can help you support that part of the buyer's journey. So there's been a lot of focus on that over the last 18 months in our team as well. You know, we, you know, similar, I guess we, we try to try to mimic your uh, lessons and what you guys are doing. We've we've used video a lot in the past year to boost up our testimonials. Um, we've done a lot more show and tell videos, um, just short one minute, three minute videos uh, that we use in demand generation. The other other place has been on our sales enablement tools. So we rolled out your video plugin for the browser. And so we have members on our sales team that will make very cute, very clever, little engaging videos. Debbie's uh, very famous for using her dog. Uh, <laughs> she probably needs a you know, Screen Actors Guild uh, you know, permission for that. She's got him on video so often. But he'll be sitting on a chair and she'll just do a quick little video position uh, him as as her assistant and she'll do outreach to prospects and just have the dog on camera with a little you know note hanging around his neck or something like that it, they're absolutely adorable and the engagement she gets on that simply because they're clever and different uh, is is fantastic what what I find is that you know people just don't like to see themselves on camera right I mean if you look at right. kids and people like 
they you know they'll take a selfie and then they'll take it again take it again you have to get over the they I, it's like the book that's out there the subtle art of not giving a and i don't even know if they write the word but you know where i'm going like you just yep. can't give a crap about what you look on camera let's face it you look like that and the video is not for you it's for your audience once you get over i don't need expensive gear i shouldn't care about how i look on camera because then I'm the obstacle to using this very powerful medium. And of mm-hmm. course, the the last piece is just focusing on the content. And, you know, storytelling content like Maxwell did is very powerful and, and, and get there. But practice takes perfect. And like you said, you got to try a bunch of different stuff to see what works. But it's really good in nurtures to just put those videos in the nurture stream, certainly on the website. You bring up, um, you know, transcribing the videos and, and putting those. I uh, for the podcast, I'm sure anybody who's, who's listening to this has come across at some point the promotion I do on LinkedIn, where I put up a trailer, and in that trailer, I've got the subtitles that come up. You know, nobody writes those. We actually use a piece of software. I think it costs us used to cost a dollar. I think now it's five dollars to upload the video into this system, and then it puts the subtitles, and you can go in and edit them if it gets it wrong with the AI. But it basically automatically just generates that, which is another way. So that if someone's lying in bed or on an airplane or somewhere where they don't want the video uh, playing out loud, they can still see it and follow along. And I uh, picked up that tip myself on a website uh, that someone someone put up. So you just got to break past those things and use video. Such a powerful, um, you know, communication tool. But, you know, to my point is like there are some salespeople who will use it and use it regularly mm-hmm. and then others who just won't because they're just not comfortable with it. And so the medium is not yeah. comfortable for everyone to use. And then on the other flip side, there are readers, there are audio learners, there are visual learners. So right. it's not that it replaces necessarily something, but it is the most engaging format. And when I do my workshops and presentations, like the ones on storytelling, when I show an example of a storytelling video, that's when my audience is just most engaged because they're watching right. the video as opposed to looking at a, a graphic on on PowerPoint. Yeah, and you know, just to, to tap into what you were saying about you know using video on the on the sales side, um, you know, we have some you know clients who they empower their sales reps to be able to easily you know send uh, and 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 track engagement in their marketing videos. So all the customer stories, the explainers, product demos they're creating, um, and their sales teams are taking advantage of that content in the buyer's journey. Um, but again, those being the most successful are those that are empowering their reps to to simply record and send personal video messages as a part of their overall sales cadence. And again, it doesn't replace the text-based email, the social outreach, and the phone call, but it complements those in a way that now brings, you know, more of a face to your name, right? It builds a little bit more empathy and, and human trust when somebody sees a video in their inbox and it's you on camera actually talking to them and putting yourself out there. And and I think one of the reasons that's working so well is, you know, people are saturated with, you know, template-based, you know, email marketing, you know, coming from marketing and sales teams. And so we all know the, you know, click-through rates on email prospecting are just atrocious for most companies these days. And, you know, social is, you know, it's, it's, it can work, it can, it can be hit or miss and, and phone calls. I mean, I don't know the last time I answered my phone during a business day when I didn't never, know who was calling. Never right? my phone. And so by seeing, you know, that somebody's quickly took, taken the time to, you know, record a short video for, uh, you know, for, for me as a recipient, um, when I see that thumbnail image in my inbox, it's an immediate 
indication, you know, to that recipient that, A, this person, uh, you know, it, it's one-to-one -one for me, right? So I know that this isn't just a templated, you know, text-based email that they could have just copy and pasted. So they must have taken the time to put a little bit of extra effort in and learn who I am or they wouldn't have put themselves out there. Um, and again, there's an anticipation of, of greater value because they're actually going to be, you know, visually communicating uh, with me as an individual. And so as a result, we continuously see just higher, to, to your point, higher click-through and engagement rate when putting those videos into your sales cycle. And I think it has a, a lot to do with that. It's just because people are, are trained to ignore the text-based, you know, spray and pray templated emails. And that simple video there, and especially if you can do something visually that, that you know, showcases this is just for you. That's why people will, will do a trick where they'll write your name on a whiteboard or they'll, they'll pull up your website behind them or something. Something visual that's a cue to them that says, oh, they did this just for me. Okay, there's a greater expectation of value, of relevance. Okay, I'll take the time to click play because it stands out from all those other things that they just expect are traditional, you know, copy and paste, spray and pray tactics. For sure. You know, some people think that, you know, video until they start using it is a harder format to create. Um, right. And it's and it's not actually. When you think about like, think about right now for all of you out there doing demand generation, when you write emails for nurture streams or um, outbound campaigns, think about the amount of effort that goes into the copywriting. And you're trying to balance that. I want to write copy that's really effective copy, that's grammatically correct, that's punctuated properly, and doesn't sound salesy and is engaging, right? Think of the level of effort every time you do that. Now imagine that you create a video where it's, hey, Tyler, it's Dave. Just wanted to give a quick reach out to you. Um, I've got a quick little product demo that I wanted to show you. It was a question that you had the other day. Here it is. You know, I didn't have to think about how to write it, how to punctuate it. I just record it and, and direct you to something. So it allows for much more conversation conversational and natural ability. And, you know, I think I told you uh, on the first podcast that we did together um, a year ago that I got my skills just getting more and more comfortable with the camera by doing some mixology videos uh, right. at home and posting them on, on Facebook. But it takes a little bit of comfort level, but just get over yourself and, and don't worry about how you look. So it's such an easier format to, um, to actually create and produce and so much more engaging. So, so why not? Um, I want to, before we wrap up, I want to get to some big news uh, that you guys have. I'm very, very excited about it. Uh, when you and I first met from a professional perspective, as you know, we had some of your clients or mutual clients getting Vidyard, and they were reaching out to us and saying, hey, Demand Gen, we've got all these people watching videos. How do we take their digital body language and incorporate it in our engagement marketing, our lead scoring mm -hmm. systems? And so we, we built up our competency on your platform doing that and helping people leverage um, all the insights that they're getting. And then along the way, we're like, hey, we, we want this too. We're going to use this at Demand Gen. Uh, and we've been a client of yours for, it feels like, 10 years now. Back then, when you guys were getting started, it was your integration with Eloqua. And then you um, expanded uh, the tool set and created integration and even more tools for Marketo. And it may not come as a surprise, but would you share the big news that's going to be unveiled tomorrow in, in Boston? 
Yeah, so we are uh, on the cusp of showcasing our uh, strategic partnership with HubSpot, who has recognized that you know their customer base across marketing, sales, and customer service uh, are expecting to be able to leverage video content natively in their in their marketing and, and sales and customer experience programs. Uh, so they are uh, un- unleashing. I was going to say unveiling, but I'm going to say unleashing um, HubSpot Video, uh, which will be powered by Vidyard, which will enable marketing teams uh, of HubSpot users to easily uh, embed uh, videos on their landing pages and in their nurture programs, but also be able to track who's watching those videos, how long are they engaging, and using those insights uh, to fuel their their marketing nurture programs. And uh, on the flip side, empowering any sales rep or customer service rep within that organization to easily record and send and track personal video messages, uh, again, as a way to stand out from the crowd and engage with customers, but also just to build that more human-to-human relationship. Um, So really, really excited about this partnership. That'll see that functionality become a native, uh, free part of the HubSpot platform uh, with an opportunity then to unlock uh, additional premium features on top of that uh, through our relationship. So it's not only, I think, a a great opportunity for that HubSpot community to start embracing video in in different ways, uh, but I think a great validator of the market that, you know, the time has come for all of us to think about how video becomes a native part of not just our marketing programs, but also our sales and customer service and customer experience experience uh, to make sure we continue to stand out and build relationships in this, uh, what I often think of as almost an overly digitized age. It is, it is huge news. Congratulations, by the way. I'm sure that was no, you. no, you know, it took engineering effort, it took strategic effort. So congrats, huge, huge news. Why to me do I think it's so big is because of who HubSpot's market is, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you've, you've been, as, as, as I drew out the, the progression, right, from Eloqua to Marketo and now HubSpot, you guys are covering everything from SMB all the way up to the largest enterprises in the world. And so, you know, to empower small businesses with these video tools means that the the barrier to entry is is removed. You know, that that if you have like Steven shot his movie, to come back mm-hmm. to that, if you have an iPhone, you can record a movie or or a Samsung or whatever, an Android. Um, you've got the tools. Now you need the platform, and you guys enable that technology to take those recorded files and put them out on the web. And now, with the integration with all the different marketing automation systems, uh, to put them in your emails and landing pages and everything. So there, there's no more excuses. It, it comes back to a, a content component, and I think you guys have some tremendous content uh, and examples. So congrats on that. Anything else uh, we should know about you and the team before we we wrap up? Always always great to get together and, and talk about the innovations that you guys are doing and the, and the progress. Yeah, no, I think it's, uh, you know, we touched on a lot of the high points. And, and the one other thing in terms of one of the big trends that we're seeing um, is, you know, this this continued movement towards, you know, really interesting video experiences. And that's something else our, our team is doing a lot of things like personalized videos where we can, you know, automate, you know, bringing in people's names or, or information relevant about them into the video itself to make it, uh, you know, that much more engaging and that much more clickable by the audiences, um, creating interactive video content that, you know, embeds questionnaires or lead gen forms or things like that actually into the content itself. Uh, so it's a really exciting time where I think, you know, a lot of us are still at that early cusp of, you know, how do we just use video in different ways throughout our programs to boost response rates and, and generate more leads and, and support our brand, um, but there's a really exciting, um, you know, future that that is is very close, um, which is video becoming not just a, a lean back experience, but something that's hyper engaging, hyper personalized, you know, interactive, and uh, you know, something that I think is is really going to be a, 
a very powerful part of the the marketing and sales mix as things evolve. So keeping an eye on all of those technologies and, and building as much of it in as we can. But as a marketing team, man, is it fun using those technologies to build some some really creative experiences. So I, I know firsthand the power of it. And uh, we're, we're really excited to see more and more people take advantage of those capabilities. So so keep uh, keep an eye out and keep thinking about creative ways that uh, that you could create video experiences. Will do. Um, you know, on that note, in terms of my, I don't know, mentors and, and inspiration, I watch two YouTubers that I would recommend. If anybody wants to be on the video creator side or just sharpen their skills, my two favorite ones are Casey Neistat and Peter McKinnon. Um, Casey's one of the you know top YouTubers out there. He's got 10 million subscribers. You've probably seen, if you're on YouTube, some of the ones that he's done that has really lifted his channel. Um, he, he did the uh, snow skiing through New York City, and uh, he dressed up as Santa Claus and had a drone fly him through the air. So these were some of the big viral <laughs> videos that he did. But what Casey's phenomenal at is storytelling. And so he carries around a couple cameras and then does a daily vlog where he just puts his life out there. And if you watch how effective he is at storytelling, uh, you know, I think you'll get some great inspiration. Peter McKinnon is a phenomenal photographer and videographer. And so if you want to learn about the tools and getting lighting right and getting edits right and tips on Adobe After Effects and, and uh, Premiere and other tools that he uses, I would say between the two of them, you've got everything you ever needed to learn about producing videos. And of course, Vidyard's got a platform for you. So I'm going to direct people to that. And on that note, Tyler, I'm going to wrap us up. And you know what? I, I said tomorrow, but you know, I'm recording this podcast today. And uh, when it plays, you and I will be in Boston together just uh, at, at Labor Day. So um, if any of you are out there at the HubSpot conference, definitely reach out to Tyler and I. I'd love to see you there and celebrate the big news. And um, Tyler, thanks again. I look forward to having you on the program and talking about more of the innovation and advances and ways that you are incorporating video. My best to you and to the team. And for everybody else listening on the program, thank you again for tuning in to Demand Gen Radio. Hope you're getting some inspiration and learning some techniques and methods and technologies to help you be a better marketer and master your craft. That'll do it for this episode. We'll catch you on the next one. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.